If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this week's episode of Damsels in the DMs. It was such a ridiculous, audacious thing to say to your own mother that I blacked out afterwards, really, and I have no idea. I don't really remember what we talked about afterwards, but I was just like, listen, Mom, like I have never known what I wanted to do until now. Like, this is the first time, like, I know what I want to do. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's some damsels in the DM. Yes, queen. Tell us what's the vibe. There's some damsels in the DM. Please tell us what's the vibe. DMs, DMs, yeah, we see them. Yeah, we read them. DMs, DMs, we don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. I'm Lauren. And I'm Osh. And today we have my friend that I've known since 2018, which feels like a year ago, Anand Mahalingam, who is an actor, a comedian primarily, but he's also multifaceted. He is in all aspects of film. He does film directing. Uh, He also was writing. He's doing it all. Lately, he just was in How I Met Your Father, so he's really doing so well, and it's just so nice to see him rise. Like, I was there for one of his first comedy uh, stand-ups that he did in 2018, and to see him from that to where he is now is such, like, it's so amazing. It's such a mind trip to, like, see this progression. I feel like he's such a great come-up story, too, because, like, he doesn't finish when he goes to Pitt, which he'll get into. He decides that he's going to take this risk and go to this other school, the first school. And I think that that's such a really good antidote about taking life into your own hands and like drawing up your own path for yourself and making a switch when you know that you're not happy on the current path that you're on. Yeah, and it also shows like you don't have to know what you're gonna be doing or what you're doing. You don't really need a concrete plan because you're never gonna stick with that. Life is gonna throw you shit and you're gonna be like, okay, this is how I like, I'm gonna go this way, I'm gonna go that way. Like it, it, you, it's like go with the flow, you cross that bridge when you get to it. And he really showed that with 
his career path. Totally. Uh, yeah. We really needed a part two of this episode because we there do. were so many questions that we had to get into. But one thing that we didn't get to ask him that I'm now going to ask you instead yes. is what is the funniest, weirdest, most inspirational or most intriguing DM that you've ever gotten? Um, someone DM'd me saying thank you from all brown girls everywhere, which was really nice when I did my Sephora bit and I was oh, like showing nice. them. I did a TikTok actually of how my dad was like not supportive at first of my modeling career and then um, during the pandemic, or uh, that's when I made the video, but before that, I did a Fenty thing and he was uh, texting me. He was like, how did the casting go? Like, are you like, you know, like da da da, like ask me things about it. And I was like, wow, this is really, really great to have him like from fighting with him and having tears. Like every time I talked to him on the phone, I would cry because he just was not supportive to that now. So I shared that on my TikTok. And I think it was it was either a comment on TikTok or a DM on TikTok saying thank you from all brown from brown girls everywhere. Aww, and that was cool. really nice. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I really want to continue this momentum, and I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying. That's why I brought someone on, like Anand, to show brown girls and boys, like or anyone who has grown up with parents like Indian parents. I know there's other cultures that are similar. That you don't have to be doctor, lawyer, engineer. You literally don't have to follow this career path that your parents want you to be on yeah you can drop out of college college you don't have to go you don't want to go don't go you have other plans go ahead figure that out right follow what's right for you yeah yeah that was really cool yeah that's awesome. i'm so glad you came on yeah absolutely so let's get into the conversation with him let's do it okay and then we can just keep there. rolling if you want into the because we're going to do the outro and then we have to do the second intro okay Perfect. oh if it's easier for you then great okay Welcome to Hello. Damsels in the DMs, the Come Up podcast. Thank you very much for having me. So me and you go way back to 2018. And then you came to my comedy show. Yes. The first ever comedy show that I yeah. had. Yeah. Wow, the so. first ever? Yeah. Well, yeah, I used to run a comedy show in LA at like Milk Tavern in Koreatown. And so like for the first ever one that we had, I had to bring like so many people out. And so like my the whole brown crew showed up yeah. and uh, she was like front I was, row. Yeah. I was so supportive. I laughed at every single one of his jokes a little too loud because no one else was laughing. So I think I was no, the only No, so many people were laughing. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anna and mine's relationship, I feel like from the first Oop. time that I met you has always been like shitting on each Very other and like ripping yeah. each other's I feel the same the, way about her. She's the, a bully, isn't she? Yeah. But Wait, also, I feel, <laughs> like, I feel like there's like a, uh, I have that with a, like a couple people where it's just like, I don't know what it is, but antagonizing is how we show our <laughs> Yeah. And so like the way that I got asked to be on this podcast <laughs> was like, just like a not nice text message <laughs> from Ash. And she's just like, so, like the way that she says my name is Mahala Ling Ling Ling. That's my la my last name no, is Mahalingam. Yeah, but I call him Mahalingam because he's so funny. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> that's why. Um, and she's like, like, you have an Android, which yes, I do have an Android. Uh, I just hate seeing the green bubbles pop up. Oh Text my god, it. yeah, it's annoying. Is like <laughs> painful for me right now. Anyway, um, I saw you talk about uh, your journey or whatever on TikTok and it was surprisingly <laughs> <laughs> inspiring. <laughs> uh, will you come do the podcast? Like, yes. Uh, yes, I'll come do your dumb podcast. <laughs> whoa, then, like, whoa, then, yeah, whoa, whoa. Now you're a dumb just, podcast. Just meant for her. And then like texting her coming here, I was like, yeah, I found your dumb, big dumb green <laughs> 
green jeep. <laughs> it is know. a big dumb green jeep. It is a very with big the Santa dumb. Monica like license plate thingy. I'm like, she she doesn't even live there anymore. Yeah. So. Right. Well, you know <laughs> she's what? She's in Silver Lake. <laughs> uh, this podcast is to roast you and not to roast me. Uh, yeah, so can you well, sh- can we hear? Fun. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about this TikTok, the journey? Yeah, sure. Um, so I've uh, lived in LA for close to eight years now. I'm from Pittsburgh, and you're from uh, Philly. A fellow Pennsylvanian. A fellow Pennsylvanian. I moved. Yeah, I moved out here in 2015. I, yeah, I was born, brought up uh, over there, and I didn't really know for a lot of my life. I didn't really know what I wanted to do in life and I went like and I was never really a good student or anything either I I think like growing up I was like I was athletic but I was athletic when I was playing like football and stuff against other Indian kids which Mm -hmm. is like not the cream of the crop you know so (laughs) yeah uh, it's not saying much (laughs) so then like I thought hey maybe I'll try out for sports and then like that was a terrible idea no like I um, my brother tried out for football and I think he lasted like two weeks or something and then I was just like I didn't want to like deal with any of the kids on the football team and all that stuff. So like lanky Indian kid is not going to play football <laughs> for your school. Um, so I like, and I didn't really know uh, school wise. I didn't, I wasn't really a good student, but I could always like make people laugh and like entertain people, I guess. So I was always like a class clown or class clown adjacent. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember when I was, I think it was like, 10th or 11th grade, I realized how bad of a student I was because my math teacher who I had had for like two years in a row, he, like I was at lunch and he was like the, the teacher on lunch duty or something. And I was like joking around with some friends of mine in the lunch line and he just like came up to me and he's like very serious. We had a, like a very joking antagonizing relationship actually uh, back then, which is weird for like him as like a 28 year old to have with like a 14 year old, but anyway. Um, he's like, hey, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, came up to me and he's like, dude, I don't know what's going on, but like, your grades are like not good in like in like whatever math class it was, algebra or whatever. It's like, um, they're not good. And I was like, okay, whatever. And he's like, no, like seriously, they're not good. Is everything okay? And I was like, what? No. Mm-hmm. And like to this day, I have no idea how that even happened, where like my grade got so bad in that class or whatever. But it was probably a precursor of things to come because, you know, I went to college and I had, like, the first year of college, I had no idea what I was doing. I took every class I could. I took, like, one, like one semester was, like, business calc, psychology, like, econ, like, all over the place, like, like sports conditioning, like a gym <laughs> class. Okay. I don't know. Why not? And so I did, I would take, like, random ass classes and I'd get nothing from them. And to the point where I would just, like, stop going to class because I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm doing in there, so I might as well just, like, be out here and uh, live a life, I guess. So I would just kind of, like, when I was that first year in college, I was just kind of floating around from, like, friend to friend to be like, hey, are you out of class? Cool, let's, let's, like, hang out. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you at? Are you in the library studying? Cool, I'll come by. And it's like... Like, it became, like, a question, an open question that my friends would ask. It's just, like, does Anand go to class? Does <laughs> Anand go here? Like, does are you enrolled in school? So, um, yeah, and then, like, I did that my first year and then took a gap year um, after that because, again, like, 
you, your grades can't be that good if you're never in class, really, right? So took a gap year, went to India for a year, stayed with wow. family in India. Went like I thought like if I had to do a real person job, it would be like something with economics or like finance or banking or whatever. And then um, you have to be like really, really good at math for any of that to happen. <laughs> and I'm just not. <laughs> so I went to India. I took this insurance, finance, and banking course in India because my mom was like, you can't just go to India to, like run away. You have to t take a class when you're there. And so I like found a school and I took this class and I was the only kid from America in the class. It was like 15 to 18 kids. They're all Indian as hell. And like, uh, I was like the, like a, like a toy for them. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. shiny, like new kid from uh, <laughs> America, from the States or whatever. So like, there, like there was a, one, one of my classmates just like took my notebook and like wrote a, like a flirty letter to me. Wow. Yeah. And literally just like, because I'm a, an, um, I'm American kid, but <laughs> And it's then cool like, to be American in India, I'm telling you that. It's so cool. <laughs> they love Americans so much over there, and it's, like, yeah. Um, but, and then, like, they would, like, try and talk to me about, like, American pop culture and stuff like that. And, like, I, I just remember one, one guy coming up to me and, like, talking to me about, like, like songs that he likes and stuff. And he's like, you know, my favorite is that Smack That. My <laughs> 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 <By> Akon. <laughs> I'm like, please oh. never say that again to me. <laughs> Don't ever say that ever again in life. Yeah, no one else needs to hear that. No. Please let me be the last person to hear that ever. Especially not white girls in their DMs. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was there, um, and it was, like, a super easy class, like, and there was, I don't know, and I would go back home. It was, like, an hour uh, into town to take this class, and then an hour back, and then, my aunt and uncle that I stayed with live in like a more remote, like rural part of uh, India. So like s like spotty Wi-Fi and like the road outside was like super bumpy and all that stuff. So um, yeah, uh, like nine months, uh, nine months, 10 months out there in India. And then while I was there, I kind of discovered a little bit of like a, a, a love for performing a little bit because like I had nothing to do to entertain myself mm. I was, like, by myself for like most of my time there so put on uh, Michael Jackson uh, music videos and like taught myself like the moonwalk and like taught myself like all the dance moves from all of his uh, um, dances and stuff like that and then went back do you want to give us a demonstration Absolutely. yeah please can yeah, yeah. Nope, nope, nope. that was a long time I won't ago. film that it was a I long promise time ago. <laughs> um, but uh, then I went back to Pitt, came back to America, went back to Pitt, joined the dance team. So like that, like f directly fed into that. Um, joined the dance team, which is where I finally found like something to do in college, which is so important. I think like so many people shit on joining dance teams or joining extracurricular activities in college because, especially Indians, because it's like study, 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 study. Um, but when you do that, but it, when you do that, like I learned so many valuable life skills from being on a dance team, like people skills and mm -hmm. like how to approach practice and all that stuff. So um, I highly encourage people to to do that. But I joined a dance team. I was there for four years. I was like captain once, 
And then like wow. through that, we did uh, like we started our own dance competition. So I was like helped out with that. I was like one of the founding members of that. It was like cool. a classical classical Indian dance competition too. So that was dope. Um, and then I hosted. So like that. So getting into that scene and like that's when I started feeling like finally had friends to talk mm -hmm. to that weren't like my friends from Pittsburgh that I grew up with. They're actually friends at Pitt. Like having that community really brought me out of my shell a little bit more, like being able to perform on stage and stuff brought me out of my shell a little bit more. And then we would have these like cultural shows uh, at Pitt where we would have like, um, you know, different, di all the teams would do a dance and then like different groups would do a dance and variety shows, talent shows kind of thing. And each one of these shows had like a host for it. And so I grew up watching, like my mom would let me like stay up until like 11, like until midnight. So basically, and like her, what she would do every night is she would watch The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Hmm. And so I got to watch that with her every night. And like, I could only watch till the monologue was over, really. Mm. And like, unless they had like a really cool desk bit, like jaywalking or something like that, that my mom and I could both laugh about. But otherwise I would just watch the monologue with her and then like I would have to go to bed after the monologue and so that was like a tremendous influence on me and then like Saturday and then like in <clears throat> high school summer break I'm not doing shit with my life like everybody's off doing like some extracurricular some sport some club whatever summer school or whatever and I'm just sitting on my ass like I'm playing sports outside with my uh, neighbors and then coming inside and uh, watching TV and so I watched Saturday Night Live reruns on Comedy wow. Central. Mm. And it was like the Will Ferrell years. So it was like the best time and like Chris Farley, Adam Sandler, like that era, um, all the way up to Will Ferrell, Tina Fey. That, er that era was on my TV like every afternoon. Will Ferrell, that's why we added in this helmet in today. Yes. yes. <laughs> Love you, Will. <laughs> um, but uh, that stuff really, and then the Oscars would roll around and I would never really be interested in the movies. I never was allowed to go see the movies, I guess. Or also, I was only watching Bollywood movies mm. at the time, so I wasn't really interested in all that Hollywood jazz. Um, but when the Oscars came around, I would only watch the host monologue. Like, that's the only part I was interested in. So when these shows came around in college, I auditioned to be, like, the host of the show. Mm. And so I would, and then, like, I got to do it because literally no one else wanted to do it. Like, it's just a bunch of Indian people. So, like, not the greatest, like, not the biggest fans of public speaking generally. You know, so I was the only one that was like gung ho about it. And I wrote all like a bunch of bits. I wrote my own material and stuff like that. And so I think there was like a two year period at Pitt where I hosted every like one of those shows. Wow. Like, and it's like three a year. But um, but yeah, so that kind of like I had that love of performing kind of thing. And then while we were work while I was working with that dance competition that we started, there was like. I was like helping out the PR uh, and marketing department by making videos. So I like illegally torrented Adobe Premiere and downloaded it on my computer. He's just confessing a crime on yeah. this podcast. Come and get me, Joe Biden. <laughs> Come and get me. <laughs> but uh, I think I downloaded After Effects and I taught myself After Effects and I made all, all these videos. And then like through that, like I was on like YouTube looking up After Effects tutorials and then on the side there would be like like tutorials or like BTS of like actual movies and then like like explaining like what what the editing process is like for actual movies. 
And then like I kind of like started in post with editing and then started learning more and more about the movie making process backwards into like production, pre-production, writing, development, that kind of thing. And then into an actor. <laughs> and then, um, but doing that, going backwards, then I realized, oh, this is what I want to do. Like, that's when I found out. It was like junior year of college, probably. And then I was on Facebook one day, and I saw an ad for a film and TV uh, like production school in Florida. And I signed up for it. And uh, like I, w I went and looked at it, and it was like, and it was like a nine-month thing, eight or nine-month thing, because I was like, I can't do like, I've already done two years of college, two and a half years of college. I can't do another four years of like an undergrad program or something. So mm -hmm. I found this thing that was like super short. I applied to it on the sly, like I did not tell anybody I was applying to it. I asked my friend uh, to write me, like I needed a letter of recommendation, so I just hit asked my friend who's younger than me <laughs> and like still a current college student at that time to write me a letter of recommendation, which I still have. It was really nice uh, that he did that, but, and he actually like put some thought into it and was like, it was all about how I liked uh, the Avengers more than I liked the Dark Knight or something, like at the <laughs> time. I don't know. Oh, um, he really put effort into that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, damn, dude, you're making me learn things about <laughs> me that I didn't even know. Um, so, yeah, so then I uh, applied to that school. I got in, obviously, because it's like a joke of a school. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then I didn't sign up for classes at Pitt um, for, like, a, missed every deadline to, like, sign up for classes. And then my mom uh, kept kept asking me to do that. And she was like, did you sign up for classes yet? Did you sign up for classes yet? Just kept saying, nope, nope, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And then like a couple of months go by and then she comes downstairs and it's like well past the deadline to sign, sign up for classes or whatever. <clears throat> and she's like, she comes downstairs and she's like, I just got an email from uh, your school saying like, you've missed the deadline to sign up for classes and you haven't signed up for any classes yet. What's up with that? And I was like, I was like, I was like, okay, well, this is the moment. This is, so I was like, right, yeah, about that. I am not going back to Pitt. And she was like, excuse me? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and then it was like one of those like uh, moments of like, can we talk in my office? <laughs> she like told me to come up to her room. And like, we talked about it. Were you, where were you? Were you in the living room and yeah, there were people the around? Room. I was like, I don't know if other people around. My brother might have been there, but I don't think so. Um, so it might have just been me and her. And <laughs> she so was like, I, was just like I need more TV. privacy than this, yeah. this space. <laughs> and you'd already taken a year off, so it's not yeah. like you could just take another more time off, right? They only let you take so much time off. Yeah. I mean, you can be, if you still have to uh, finish credits and whatnot, you can go back whenever you want. But I don't think my mom would have let me take another year off. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I like basically she was not happy, obviously. Um, I don't really remember specifically what happened during that because I'm pretty sure like I blacked out because <laughs> just from like, I just felt like it was such a ridiculous, audacious thing to say to your own mother that I blacked out afterwards, really. And I have no idea. I don't really remember what we talked about afterwards, but I was just like, Listen, mom, like, I have never known what I wanted to do until now. Like, this is the first time, like, I know what I want to do. And, like, I feel like 
past couple years. And like, I, I was good at making these videos that I was doing with this like uh, uh, competition and stuff. So like, it wasn't like an un totally unfounded thing for me to want to pursue it. It, it did come out of pr probably left field for her a little bit, but I was just like, listen, I found a school, I already got in, like I already talked to them, like I figured out the like payment plan situation, like I've talked wow, to them about you. financial aid. That, yeah, like I knew. You did everything. You had all yeah. the details right. And like Well, because you can't go to an Indian parent and be like, I'm dropping out of college and I have no plan. Yeah. yeah did you know then that you're she toast. was going to be a dentist? Yeah, I was going to become a dentist. Yeah. I was going to go to dentist Would you school. ever let her near your teeth? No. Honestly? I literally let her near my person and then let alone my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I'm not I kidding. Would <laughs> I would not let her near my teeth. No, because I probably would. I, I shadowed a dentist. Side note, I shadowed a dentist every summer. And every time I would go to the dental office, I would gag. <laughs> so, like, Maybe someone's not me. open up a... <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I couldn't take a cell And like the patient's like, uh, who is she? Yeah, she's <laughs> shadowing me. She, has, she wants to do this She just this has vertigo, like she's fine. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, clearly not fits for the professionally working world. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, okay. I, told, I, I had it all planned out. Same thing when I moved to LA, like when I decided to like actually pack my bags and come here, like I thoroughly reach, researched the hell out of LA. Like mm. just like the city in general, expectations, like I set realistic expectations and stuff for myself. Um, but yeah, like, so I did all that as well for this course in Florida. And then um, she was like, okay, but this is the last straw. Like if you, uh, if this does not work out for you, then, um, you're coming back home and you're doing everything I say. Like you're doing it exactly how I say. I'm like, deal, hell yeah. Um, so within a, like a couple months, we were down in Florida looking at apartments. And so I, yeah, I just lived in Orlando for close to a year, nine months, 10 months, uh, with in a, in a class which was like, <clears throat> I'm glad I got to do it and I'm glad, I wouldn't say it was like the greatest education by any means, um, it was like, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I think we, we had class for like five or six hours a day for like nine months, and that's supposed to teach you all about filmmaking or whatever. It's just like not enough time. What's the school called? It's called the First School, Florida Institute of Recording Sound and Technology. Oh, okay. They really like tried to make first school work. I feel like they <laughs> reverse engineered that. Um, but yeah, they were like, yeah. <laughs> they were like okay, we like, want to call it okay, first school. Okay, what's the school? F4? <laughs> Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Um, but it was like six of us in this class. And like when I tell you that the like all nice people and uh, we had good memories and stuff. But like <laughs> like like some of the, like there was one kid who you know how you get get emails from um, like Nigerian princes for yeah. like money yeah, and yeah. stuff. This guy fell for that. Oh, no. And he comes into class one day and he's on the phone. He's super Italian. He comes on the phone. Uh, comes in on the phone and he's like yelling at this guy on the phone like swearing <laughs> at him and he's like you fucked up man you fucked up you don't know who you're dealing with and he's like you don't you know who my grandfather is blah 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 and like, oh he's that type of Italian I thought you meant like no, Italian no, no. Italian you know like speaking no, in Italian no, like the family him. kind of Italian kind of thing so but like couldn't have been that like influential of of a family but he's like you know who my grandfather is blah 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 and then I'll the sue you I'll, is like, I'll, no. come, I'll come for everything you got I'm gonna break your fucking 
Yeah, I like how casual you guys made a Nigerian prince coming to ask you for money. Like, no, that hasn't happened to me once ever. (laughs) Wait, what? It's like a famous fan thing. Yeah, Yeah. and now I'm getting Egyptians. Egypt calls me all the time. (laughs) This does not happen to me. I gotta take this. This is Egypt. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Egypt's calling. (laughs) Like, hello. (laughs) Oh boy. Um. So and then I like he hung up the phone. and was like, dude, your money is gone. Like you're not getting that back. Yeah. What do you think? He's, you, what do you think he's gonna be like? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Let me just wire it back. And then there was another kid who didn't know how to get back to his own house unless it was, unless he was taking the bus home, because oh. I tried to give him a ride back home, and I was just like, all right, man. So where do you live? And he's like. Uh, follow this bus. <laughs> I don't know. And I was like, what do you mean you don't know? And he's like, yeah, I usually just take the bus and fall asleep and then get off like at my stop and then walk home. And I was like, you need to know how to get home, man. <laughs> so these were the types of people that you were studying alongside. Yes. Like, this really is who you left Pitt to be with. Yes. First. And so I had to sort of grind and teach myself a whole lot in addition. So like when I wasn't, in class, I was watching movies, I was watching YouTube interviews of like celeb- like actors and directors and stuff like that. I was reading books, I bought so many books on filmmaking. Um, I wrote a script, I wrote a feature length script. Wow, cool. that's a big time. deal. So like, yeah, in the nine months that we were down there, I mean, Looking back, if, is it the be, like a great script? No, it's a fucking terrible. But also, doesn't it doesn't like mean to be. It, yeah, right. so doing the thing is crazy. Right. Like for yeah. Like it doesn't matter right how now. bad or how good that school is. You literally left Pitt to go and pursue your dreams, right. which is still and really in some cool. ways it sounds better, honestly, because you had to figure out things for yourself. Like right. it made you take initiative and it made you take control over right. your own life. Yeah, and like honestly, I and I felt like taking control of my own life. I felt totally in control of my own life for the first time in such a long time. And I was living in like by myself in this apartment, like, like very plainly and like very like, probably not the most ideal place, like situation for one person to be living in, but like, and, uh, but uh, it was 100 and like a thousand percent about the work at that time. So I was like literally just working, working, working. And like I had designs, like I, my, I had figured out that I wanted to become a writer and director in um, movies, like uh, write and direct movies. Because I, I, I was always a little, um, what's the word, like self-conscious about my looks and stuff like that. So I was like, you know, I did the hosting thing, I, I, but like, I don't think I could be in front of a camera. So I, if I can't be in front of a camera, I'll do writing and directing. So... I learned all about screenwriting, about Save the Cat, about like all these different books, you know, Robert McKee story and all that stuff. Read them all, watched interview after interview with, like I identified who my like quote unquote like North Stars were mm. in, the, in the business. So who were they? Um, I have a couple. I, uh, George Clooney, Robin Williams, um, uh, Tom Hanks, Denzel, Tom Cruise, um, Spielberg. There's a couple. Wow. Um, but the but like, do you think you could tell us why Tom Cruise just out of curiosity? Not for was it after Maverick? No, is it after he jumps on Oprah's couch? It it, it <laughs> like Tom Cruise was definitely a more recent one, but it's like there's a lot of baggage with Tom Cruise, and I'm uh, not the Scientology. I am talking about 
when when people who work with him talk about working okay. with him. Oh, okay, yeah, fair. Like, I want people to talk about working with me like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? No, even watching the Golden Globes and them talking uh, briefly about him was like, that's really cool. Yeah. Like, when, like I watched this uh, behind-the-scenes thing for Mission Impossible 7 or whichever one's coming out uh, next, and he's like, like on a motorcycle and he jumps off a ramp in like off a cliff and then into like a parachute thing and he like trained for like a year and a half and like the way they talk about him he's like tom cruise is like so laser focused he's done this thing like he does this thing like a hundred times like on his own like he did it six times in one day and it's just like i want like when i'm when i thought about those north stars like i'm like trying to figure out their process and stuff um, but also, I'm trying to figure out how other people perceive them, like while working on set with them. You know? Yeah. So, like, so that's kind of like, like Robin Williams is a joy to wor- be with on set. Clooney's uh, also Tom yeah. Hanks also. So like that. Like I want to make sure that like the people I look up to are people that the people that work with them love working with them. And that's all I want to. How did you do. get over the hang up of feeling like insecure about your looks, insecure about like your stage presence on film? to feel like, okay, I feel confident enough to pursue a career as a comedian and an actor? I, when I first moved to LA, like, again, like writing and directing, um, I joined an improv class when I first moved to, to LA and it was going, it went really well. I like. Was uh, it when you first moved to LA? Was it the Groundlings? LA Connection Comedy Theater. <laughs> you said this twice, so I just wanted to say it again. Sorry. <laughs> nice catch. Um, but my classmates in that, like I still have friends from that group and that was like seven years ago now um, but my classmates in that group got me into they were like you should try acting like I was like nah like I literally only joined improv because I wanted to keep performing like that thing alive in me that burning uh, desire to do that alive and I didn't really see anything coming of it but then my friend was like you should like audition for like agents and stuff you should like do acting and my other friend was like you should come with me and do stand-up to get like mm. we go to an open mic together and we did and like the rest is history like it's like it's been a f- ha- happy accident okay so comedy just you kind of just fell into comedy yeah. comedy and acting yeah um i yeah i uh i moved out here um the person that convinced me to move out here was my former writing partner and okay. we were like writing a script together. So that's like two features that I had gotten done before I even came to LA. But um, so I, I was doing that with him and I was learning all about the production side of stuff and the development side of stuff and screenwriting and whatnot. And then, yeah, and then, um, but I think that was super valuable in being an actor and like becoming an actor and stuff. I feel like I uh, having that, extra perspective definitely helps uh when i'm on set talking to like different like different departments and stuff like that but yeah i like it's i just lucked into it and when i started doing stand-up one of my best friends out here hannah shout out hannah i don't know she's probably not watching this we also have a very she might watch it you don't know we also have a very antagonistic relationship (laughs) she's like whatever you do fuck (laughs) that i am not oh you're on that podcast let me throw my computer away But she's, uh, she's uh, the best. She uh, got onto a show at Flappers in Burbank, and it was like the show was called The Friend Zone Show. And uh, the concept of the show was like, an, like a comedian that's been on the show before comes on, they get seven minutes, they bring a friend of theirs that is interested in getting into stand up, 
They bring that friend. That friend gets on the lineup and gets three minutes. So I, that was my first show. Was she just was like, you want to come do this with me? And I was like, yeah. And then like I did that. I had a good show. And then like somebody was on that same show. Your first with me. show was a good show. Was a good show. That's yeah. that's actually really crazy because in stand up. Well, not I my heard... first open mic, but my oh, first okay. show. Um, but uh, yeah, and then somebody that was on that lineup with me, like he also ran a show and he liked my set and he was like, hey, like, would you want to come do my show? And then cool. through that, I just like started doing shows. Like I like got spoiled, like where I was doing shows more often than I was doing mics when I started out um, because that's just like how the cookie crumbled, I guess. But yeah, I just like went on one show and then got invited to do another one kind of thing uh, pretty early on. Um, so yeah, and, and then honestly like to like there is the it is the greatest feeling in the world to do stand-up comedy hmm. i think like it will always be a part of my life during the pandemic i was like really feeling low and i was just like and like stand-up wasn't happening obviously because no one was going anywhere and so i i was like i was like it was so dramatic i was like i'm quitting comedy i'm quit being a stand-up comedian i like was on a zoom call with friends of mine from Pitt, and I was like telling them like, oh, yeah, I think I'm quitting stand-up comedy. Like, I, like when you talk about me to like other people and stuff, like don't refer to me as a comedian. I'm an actor. Whoa, that was like, really dramatic. Very dramatic. And like my friends like react, my friends like, it was like dead silence. And my friend, two of my friends were just like, wow. Like, like do we applaud like, that? I didn't, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> but then, um, so I thought that because like, it was the pandemic. Was comedy coming back? I don't know what was gonna. What was it gonna look like when it came back? Also, like I was like stuck in an, uh, an apartment with like two of my roommates, who I love to death, and they're the they're the best. But um, eventually, I was thinking like, are they actually laughing at my jokes, or are these just like pity laughs to <laughs> humble me and like shut me up kind of thing? So um, so I started getting all sorts of insecure and stuff about that, and that lasted four months and then like I think like yeah like a couple months later I was like showering and then like fucking brain blast hit me while I was showering and I ran out of my bathroom like still soaking wet completely naked ran out to my computer and typed up a whole bit um stand up bit and wow. I was like and I was so jacked I was like fuck yeah I'm back baby like texted some friends I was like just, just wrote kick. my just wrote my first stand up bit it was like my first new stand up bit in like 2 years oh wow and so I was like I am fucking back <laughs> I'm fucking that was another reason why I left or why I, why I quit was cuz I thought am I done like I don't have any other things I wanna to hear talk this about. bit <sighs> you will eventually. okay great I'm um, so excited but and it's funny too that same bit that brought me back to it I've done it once since writing it like I really? like I've done countless other ones way more than but I've it was just enough one. to reignite that exactly that's exactly comedy. what it was and yeah. it was like yeah i think i needed to i think the pandemic was like you need to take a break there was like certain types of um material that i was doing before the pandemic that um after the pandemic i was just like you know you need to get go beyond this kind of storytelling this kind of material um so i think i did need like a year and a half two year reset to kind of have a new voice emerge and um kind of dig deep dig deeper and there was no better time to dig deeper than the pandemic so um but yeah i think uh and the pandemic was actually when i had the like biggest epiphany like i i feel like i came out stronger uh, out of the pandemic um 
Well, do you think you could have to say your worst joke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you actually tell us? <laughs> okay. Can you okay, tell just us tell us? Yeah, yeah tell, tell us your worst, your worst joke. joke. The worst joke, like, I've done on stage? Yeah, like, yeah. the one that, like, no, didn't land. People were just dead silent. Okay, so I... Uh, it was one of my first ever shows that I did. Sorry. Um, what? It was the first time my brother had come out to visit me after he like he came out to help me move in but I was like living out of a suitcase so there wasn't really much <laughs> to do with that um, but the second time he came out I did a show and it was the first time he ever saw me do a show live and I bombed so hard because I did a joke it was a very uh, uh, racy joke that's my like mo though like I'm like trying to make people uncomfortable on stage. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so if I don't get laughs, sometimes I enjoy that too because it means like I'm accomplishing what I wanted <laughs> to do. But this was like not intended. And it was like, I don't remember the specific joke, but it was like talking about, um, I don't know, like it was like a, it was definitely a racial joke and like uh, uh, comedians in the audience got, like I, I said the joke and um, some comedians in the audience got offended or whatever. And there, it was like a older crowd of uh, comedian. Um, so they were re really just busting my balls, but I was so new that I didn't really know yeah. at the time. So they just started heckling me in the middle of my set and like calling me out. And it was deserved. It wasn't that great of a joke. Um, and like my brother is the only non-comedian there in the room. Oh. Like it is like a room full of just comedians and my brother <laughs> and me. And he is sitting there quietly while like most everybody else is like joining in. And then I'm like melting on stage. And I was like, you know what? That's my time. And like I wanted to cut it off and finish it. I was like three minutes into a five minute set. And I wanted to cut it off and finish it. And they were like, no, no, finish your set, finish your set. So I tried to pivot to like a shorter bit or whatever and just like landed with a fucking thud just like uh no one laughed at anything and it was so bad that one of the other comedians on the show um who i'm still friends with now to this day and he's one of the nicest dudes ever he came up to me and he's like that joke you were that joke you were telling I know what you were trying to say, and it's really funny what you're trying to say, but you just said it wrong. You just wrote it wrong. And so he fixed it for me. Like, he worked on it with me side stage, like, right after my set. And he was like, this is how you do it. And we, like, reassembled the words and, like, restructured it off stage, and it's t killed after that. Wow. That's so know? nice of him. So nice. I love people yeah. helping people yeah. in the exactly. industry. Exactly. He's so happy. Granison, um, Grayus. Um, but... but <laughs> But I, I wanted to get out of there as soon as I could. So, like, uh, you're supposed to watch the comedian after you. That's, like, yeah. um, the, uh, the rule of stand-up. So we watched the comedian after me, and then I was like, yo, Ron, let's go. Like, we're leaving. And then, like, completely silent. Oh, so you didn't leave your brother there. You, you, you took him with you and left. You didn't just dash <laughs> out. And he's like, dude, where I was are his you? ride. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but completely silent walked to the car and then we get in the car complete silence in the car when we oh get God. in the car oh no and then my brother uh just uh just like does one of these things he goes well Anand, that sucked <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my God. I'm really glad that you can laugh about this now. No, but because that is exactly what I needed to hear in that yeah. moment. Like yeah. I'm the kind of person that like I, the kind of feedback that I like is honest feedback. Like I don't like the worst thing he could have said getting into that car was, well, that wasn't so bad, was it? <laughs> and I was like, yes, that was terrible. Were you in the same room yeah. as me? And so, like, for him to be like, well, that sucked, didn't it? And, and I was like, yeah, it did. Thank you. It feels like you're really honest with yourself about, like, every curve that you've taken in your journey. You're always being, like, honest with this path is working, yeah. this thing isn't working, and this is, this is not working, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if, like, during the pandemic or while you were leaving Pitt to go to FIRST, did you develop any, like, routine or healthy habits that you feel like you had to stick by, like, either before you did a show yeah. or, like, here are things that I always have have to do in order to prepare myself. Yeah, I wish I could say I had one, but I think like for me, it just depends on like my my day to day is so different out here uh, in LA. So it's really hard to like nail down one specific routine. Like during the pandemic, I would like wake up, do like a, a quick skincare routine and like brush my teeth, make a, uh, make myself some coffee and like just go for a walk. Like I would walk mm -hmm. um, because I wasn't working and stuff. So I would walk for like miles and then come back and kind of walks are a good way for me to like stoke my creativity a little bit. Um, but it, honestly, it hasn't been a lot of, there hasn't been a lot of healthy habits um, probably, um, but that's just been a nature of, you know, the, w the way I've lived and the way I've, uh, the, the job that I have kind of thing. Like I didn't have my <coughs> name on a lease for an apartment until like 11 months into living out here. So like I, like first four months I was living on my former writing partner's couch, um, living out of a suitcase and then uh, got kicked out of that spot because somebody was moving back and I It's had like to move a out. classic LA story. It is yeah. a very, like, and then like I moved from there. I had a job down in Hollywood. I found a place that was right, literally across the street from my office. Is this the place <laughs> that I, when I first met you, you were living at? I think was that the the one room? Is that what you're talking about? No. No. So yeah. Oh, this was a nice spot. Everyone had <coughs> their own rooms, I think. Yeah. So no. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was before I even met Ubby, or like before Ubby came out to L.A. But um, I moved across the street from my office, and I lived in a studio apartment with five other guys. Oh. Wow. Are these for, the same five guys you live with? No, <laughs> these are five random I mean, people off of Craigslist. Damn! And like the the landlord, aka the guy whose name was on the lease for the studio apartment, he rented out a storage locker down the road, and uh, he had hung curtains in the room, uh, and so he had our rooms were partitioned off by like curtains. So it's like a hospital ward. Yeah, and our beds were like a futon, like from IKEA, like a and like a futon that I didn't. How even much fit was your on. rent? like five hundred dollars that's expensive for yes. that yeah yes. yes my god but, like i needed a place like that like i like when my uh i had to leave my former writing partner's place i like slept in my car for like two days and oh, wow. like i slept like i like ubby had just moved to la and i like crashed with him like the first but you night. knew him from pit yeah. okay so i crashed with him for one night and his living situation wasn't that great we'll get to that later but um, but then, like, while trying to find places, I would, like, crash, in his, uh, crash at his place, crash it on my other friend uh, Prachi's place, crash on her couch, slept in my car a couple times. 
and then moved into this shitty living situation with five other other guys, um, which, I mean, it was whatever. Like, our closet was like a cardboard box underneath the futon. My, like, legs hung off the futon. And then uh, I would, my, but, like, my parking garage for work was around the corner, so I would keep my suitcases in there, and I would go, like, every week, like, exchange, uh, like, clothes and stuff. And then, like, if I needed a shower, I would shower at, like, 24-hour fitness. Did your parents know about the situation? Uh, I think so. Okay. Yeah. But like, this, like I explained to my mom. They're like, you could have been at Pitt and you could have been a, a mathematician. I explained, <laughs> I like all of this was pretty much like I told my mom, it's going to get, it's going to be bad. It's going to be rough. Was, it's going to be. She was yeah. very scared that first year, I think for sure. I mean, it is scary for your kid to be living out of his yeah. car. Yeah. yeah. It's then, so terrifying. Yeah. And then I, um, and then a, a guy moved into that studio apartment who had the worst snoring problem I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. And he, like, he's the guy that taught me how to use earplugs properly. Like, you don't just jam them in there. You have to, like, twist them and then put them oh in. Oh, my God. Let them, like, expand. Oh, I didn't um, know that. <laughs> yeah. I, I found that out real quick because, like, I my start time for work was 10 a.m. and it was literally across the street and I would still be late because I did not sleep the previous night because oh of this man. guy sleeping. And I remember walking out of of my apartment or the apartment at that time and the landlord guy just like talking to this dude with the snoring problem. He's like, dude, you got to get that snoring problem checked, man. Like people are moving out. Like I like either I got to kick you out or you got to go see oh a doctor. Oh my God. And I was like, and so I left and then that's when I, um, hit up Ubby, um, my now current roommate, where uh, he's the greatest. He, we go back, uh, I've known him since he was like eight years old, Aww. back in Pittsburgh. And this is so Sanj, our also mutual friend, that is her cousin. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's how we all know each other. Yeah. I know Sanj and he knows Ubby, so that's how it happened. Yeah. And so he was living with his, uh, w- with a mutual friend in like one room in a, in a, in a house. Um, like down in like mid city or whatever. And so like, I was like, hey man, like I can't live in this place anymore. Can I just stay with you? They were like, yeah, sure. They, they, he said yes because we're friends, but also because like rent just went down because you added another person. And so, uh, yeah, Abby and I split a a pull out couch from uh, Ikea. We like slept on that together for four months. Wow. And then like the other guy slept on a, inflatable like uh yeah inflatable mattress that had a hole in it so like he would so inf- it was a deflatable mattress. It, yeah, <laughs> <deflatable laughs> mattress is more like it he would like inflate it in at night and then by the morning he would let wake up on the ground <laughs> so we were there for like four months and um that was like an, a good bonding experience and then and then like we even then, for like two or three years after that, we still like uh, shared a room. Me and Abby shared a room. Like it wasn't like comfort. It wasn't like the lives that my friends were living on the East Coast or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't even close oh to that. yeah. And so like, um, yeah, it was. Uh, but it, but I told my mom like, like I said, like I fully researched this whole entire yeah. thing. And like I remember before I left uh, Pittsburgh for LA, I was like. Um, my uncle was driving me and driving me home from somewhere and he was just like so like what's your like what's your plan what's your do you have like a five-year plan um uh for being out there you have to have a five-year plan and like realize at some point when it's not working or whatever and i'm like why 
why do I have to like? It's an Indian thing. They want to know your two-year plan, your yeah. five-year plan, your ten-year plan. So I like laughed at him. He asked me what my five-year plan was, and I laughed and I said, five-year plan? No, it's more like a fifteen-year plan. You know, like I like I didn't think. Um, I I thought it would. Uh, I figured this is a a marathon, not a sprint. That's what mm -hmm. in my research of L.A. That's what literally every actor, every director says is like. You have to give it time. You have to like it. It, it takes time for everybody. So um, that's one of the things. And like that's like the epiphany that I had during the pandemic that really like accelerated my like uh, mindset. I guess is just like because during the pandemic, I kind of felt like other people were moving. I I felt like I was either like like not moving at all yeah. or like going backwards, which is, uh, this that's what LA does to you. It, it feels like if you're not going forwards at a thousand miles per hour, then you're moving backwards. Oh, that's definitely. what it feels like. So I had that feeling come over me during the pandemic and I was just like seeing people that I knew that were like, you know, going viral on like social media or like getting this new job, getting this cool gig or whatever. And like nothing really was happening to me. Um, Whereas, like, it used to be, like, I used to be, like, the person that people would want to talk to or whatever whenever we'd go places. But now, like, all these other people are um, eclipsing me or whatever. So I, like, kind of got down about that and thinking about that. And I was like, you know what? No. Like, like th there's, there's no point in, like, for uh, lack of a better term, like, like pissing contests like there's all these like pissing contests you that can't people compare have. yourself to anyone yeah. else's yeah. journey but real quick since we are out of time oh real yeah. real quick uh the dm of the week we do need to ask this it asks how do you uh, how do your family and friends feel now versus when you first started way more supportive yeah like, i think my friends were supportive at the at the from the jump but like you know hesitant a little bit you know you uh because it's like you know it's a ludicrous, audacious thing for me to have said that I'm going to LA to do this. It's a, a insane thing. So like, I could, I understand them being like a little like foot toe in the water, like let's see a, mm -hmm. how good this guy really is. My mom took a while to come around. I think um, I did a live like hour long show in Pittsburgh in 2018, and that was the first time she ever saw me do stand up, and I did a bunch of material that really opened her eyes. Um, <laughs> and like I did a a bit called like the worst hand job I've ever gotten uh, in front of my mom. Oh wow. Um, but she saw me do that and she was very impressed and she had a whale of a time. And I think after that she's come around a lot more and she's a lot more supportive. There was like a, and then my brother, my brother's also been super supportive from the beginning. There was a moment where I was up for a promotion at my old job at the time and I was calling home to, uh, talk to my family about it and like get their advice on it or whatever and my brother was like wait so how will like the new job like affect your acting and stand-up career and I like took a that like knocked me back a second I like got emotional thinking about uh, in the moment thinking about like wow like this was never a question back yeah they never asked about that so um but yeah now I now I'm like s I send my bits back to my family I send wow. send like everything that we're working on like send it all back to them I like so yeah now they're way more supportive I, I don't think they really know too much about it still mm -hmm. but they're they watch all the stuff that I send and and where can our listeners watch all of the stuff that you send yeah tell us where they can find you your uh, handles all of that yes I my uh my 
online presence is Yan and Bai across everything. So my Instagram is at Yan and Bai, which is Y A N A N D B H A I. It's like on and by means like brother on and by is brother. So when I was a kid, they would like my friends would call me on and by. But then I went out to an event uh, one time and my friend ha- was like doing a really shitty Indian accent and he called me Yan and by. And <laughs> fucking <It> stuck. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just became my entire I know now because that's your, your email now too. I was like, funny, it's, okay. It's my email, <laughs> so we're going with this. It's my website, yanandbai.com. Cool. So like everything, like if you if you type it in, I if I'm not the first hit for Yan and Bai on Google, I'm You're doing something sue. wrong. I'm gonna sue someone. Yeah. yeah. Well, Yan and Bai, thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> it's you. been thank a pleasure. So I'm so, so happy I got to see you. Likewise. We will we will catch up and hang out. Yes. And we'll need a part two of this episode. We oh, definitely yeah. need a part two because we were just getting into the good I feel stuff. Like, yeah, I feel like, yeah, there's a lot. I've, I've been through my fair share for sure. But yes. yeah, I'm, we'll I'm, have a part two for thank sure. Thank you so much. I rarely get to talk about I was talking about this with my friends. Like, I only get to talk about this when I'm, like, talking to somebody that I've met, I'm meeting for the first time or whatever. Yeah. So I'm only doing it in, like, one-on-one situations or one-on-group situations. So I never get to do it in, like, a forum like this. So it's nice. Amazing. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's really important for us to keep creating episodes like this one. And please continue to send us your DMs so that we can provide more questions for guests and let us know how you're feeling about the new season, the rebrand, and if there's a DM of the week that you have for any of our guests. We're still doing our vo- uh, voice uh, memos things that you can send us with a DM, a question, whatever you want. So we still have that and we still have the anonymous type form that you can send us your questions on to. All right, everybody. Well, it's been another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Until next time. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.